Thanks for joining me this week on the show. I'm going to take a step back. We've been exploring some more heady topics, personal development, goal setting. We've been in that new year groove. Today, we're going to wind it back to some fundamental matters of health, the foundations of health. So let's take a look at how you can support your physical well-being and be more resilient to stress by supporting your food, your movement, and your sleep through these three foundations. Thanks for joining me. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. What if you could maximize your meditation practice with a tool that maximizes your time and attention with images and affirmations carefully selected to boost your positivity, to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious? I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the Start Off Happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that uses neuroplasticity to literally wire your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to the happifiedlife.com page to start off happy with Positive Prime. Enjoy it free for 30 days. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me again this week on the show. Thanks for joining me on Happified. We're going to dig in today on the three foundations of health. And if you talk with any wellness practitioner, they will come back to these three. They might add some, take some license, declare that some other things are also essential. And I'm not saying that anyone is wrong, but you can't argue with these three foundations of health. And so Instead of getting overwhelming, we're going to keep it simple. Today, I'm going to throw some information out here. I will offer some resources to you if you want to dive in more deeply based on information that I have gathered. And if something piques your curiosity, perhaps that is just an invitation for you to start doing a little more digging on your own and see where you can start turning things up refining the processes and helping yourself be more solid and secure in your foundation. Your physical health is so important to supporting your emotional health, your mental well-being, your outlook on life, your energy. Everything comes from these basics. So what I'm going to talk about today are the three foundations, those being food, sleep, and movement. They might not even come up in this order. We'll see how linear I can keep things today. Because as in all things, it's not just a hippie line. It is all connected. You'll see reflections that move throughout these. Although to keep things pretty simple, we'll try to keep them in these three categories of food, sleep, and movement. And so one of the things that I wanted to start off with today is just explaining to you why I'm so passionate about this, which also has evolved into why I'm passionate about people feeling more empowered in how they handle the stress that shows up in their lives. And physical stress, physical well-being is definitely an impact in how we can handle the emotional stressors that show up through the course of daily life. 
So let me take you back about 10 years in my story. Well, that's when I started to recognize I really wanted to change direction. But even before that, 15 years ago, as I was working with senior clients in the move management industry, so I was a senior move manager and my primary job was in assisting clients, often in their 80s and 90s, in moving from their home, often their family home, they might have been living there for 40 or 50 years, into a smaller home, something that was more accessible to them, perhaps a retirement community here in the San Diego area. And I can say that retirement living is not what you think it was when you were young, when you were seeing your grandparents move into retirement communities. They have really evolved into beautiful spaces. Note the difference from home to community. They are large complexes. They are all about bringing people together. There's wonderful food. There's extensive lists of activities. And the social engagement is one of the primary benefits that I see in these retirement communities, but I'll save that conversation for another day. What I saw was in moving these clients in the vast majority of their situations, they had to leave their home, which they never intended to do. Almost anyone I talked with, almost anyone you'll talk with in their process of aging envisions their perfect process, allowing them to stay at home, to age in place. We call it in the biz. And often because of a health issue, they had lost that ability to remain independent. And their children or their doctor was saying, it's not safe for you to stay at home. You have to move to a smaller home, to a single story, to a retirement community with continuing levels of care. In some cases, one partner was still very capable, very independent, very energetic. And their spouse, their partner was suffering from a chronic condition or dementia, and they would move into retirement community to simply live down the hall from their partner rather than across town. And what I became passionate about as a Generation X member, as a fist waving, you know, subvert the dominant paradigm, we're not going to go that way. We're going to carve our own path, but we might just stand here and put our hands on our hips and pretend that we're not that bothered by it. We're not going to want people telling us what to do. We are not going to take it quietly when people tell us that this is the future, that we can't stay home independently, that we're not well enough to be on our own. So how can we guarantee lasting health? Well, there are no guarantees in life besides death and taxes. And it's March as the calendar page is turning over this week. And so I, a lot of us have taxes on the brain, but more to the point, the only thing we can do is our very best efforts to ensure the health that is within our control. And I can tell you that while I can't guarantee that these three foundations of health will guarantee your health, they will help you recover more quickly, be more resistant to disease and conditions that may come along because life happens so that you have the resilience to come back to balance sooner. Because innately, our bodies want to be in balance. Our bodies are designed to heal, to recover. If we give them what we need, these three foundations of health, and if we're not undermining our well-being with external stressors, like chemical influences, like too much toxicity in the environment, like not having enough fresh air, like these other influences that can add up. So 
Without further ado, I'm off my soapbox. Let me dig into these three foundations of health. And so first, let's take a look at food. Food is a tricky subject. A lot of people have an emotional relationship to the food that we eat. So you can already see that emotional stress and physical stress are intertwined. But fundamentally, if we're eating good quality food, if we're eating whole products, if we're eating as few as possible culinary chemicals, these preservatives, color additives, flavor additives, the countless variations of sugar that we find in the ingredients list, if we keep our food as simple and as wholesome as possible, you won't experience the cravings that many people suffer. Now, again, I've already said there is a very big factor of emotional eating. And so I won't say you'll never have cravings, but by not having our nutrition met needs met, we are very much more prone to having cravings. Our body has a very, very primitive methods of communication with us. It can't say what I really need is some more vegetables. What it says is I'm hungry. Feed me. And maybe by playing this game of odds, I'm going to get what I need. So keep on feeding me until I get what I need, right? So if we're craving things, it might be because our body is missing some basic nutrients. It might also be that these cravings are driven by stress. Here we go again, the emotional impact of stress impacting our physical well-being. Stress causes us to crave, to desperately want sugar. Let's go back to the biology here. Stress was designed to save us, to protect us from harm and threat and to protect ourselves in our primitive state, in our primitive being, it was usually the legendary tiger in the bush, right? So when you meet stress, you need energy in order to be able to respond. So stress makes you crave sugar so that you have that fast energy so that you can take flight, so that you can run away and to get yourself to safety. We haven't outpaced our physical biology, even though our world has changed and now stress arrives in the form of emails and phone calls and lack of sleep. We're coming back to that and all of these other factors. And so think about it for a minute. Think about when you're craving sugar, is it coming after a stressful day or a stressful event? Is there something else you can give yourself to have the habit of eating, to feel like you're nourishing yourself without making it sugar. Also, based on survival, we find sugar and fat to be the most satisfying because when food was scarce, those are the things that are going to guarantee that we have energy, that we, you know, we can keep all of our cells firing, even if it isn't on the most robust nutrition. And so whenever you get that ice cream, magical combination of sugar and fat, of course, you're going to find it irresistible because our body, our biology makes it that way. So remember that we are not only our biology. We have so much more. We have this power of choice. Our brain has evolved from this super simple reptilian react only brain that we started out with. So when you feel the cravings, think about what you want to be feeding yourself. And now let's explore what we do want to be feeding ourselves. I am not a plant-based eater. I'm an omnivore. I'm a farm girl from the heartland. I still enjoy eating meat, as does my husband, who does a lot of our cooking in the family, and I can't resist it. So I will never say that I'm a vegetarian. 
we have done a vegan experiment and it was a great experiment. It really gave me a lot of understanding and empathy and contact with my body. And then we went back to eating meat. But the power of vegetables and fruit are the phytonutrients. The vitamins and minerals in fruit and vegetables give us so many of the nutrients that we need in their most accessible forms. So you can't supplement your way out of a bad diet. And that's why it's so important to aim for those five to eight servings of fruits and vegetables a day and to vary those as much as possible because it gives us more of the span of vitamins and minerals that are available. And seeing as how our soils are becoming more depleted, we're not getting the same level of minerals that we used to. So variety is beautiful. Aim for as many phytonutrients as you can so that you can get that spectrum of nutrition. Phytonutrients are antioxidants that help to harness the free radicals that are released from the basic function of our cells. As our cells work, they release these oxidants, these free radicals that need to be captured and cleaned from the cells as we expend physical energy, as we encounter toxins in our environment. So these radicals need to be collected and taken care of for us and antioxidants are the most powerful way to get them and receive them and have them available to us. So again, supplementation isn't the solution for not getting enough greens and variety in your diet, but in a pinch, it can help. If you're crunched for time, if you know, seasonally, you have a hard time getting access to fresh fruits and vegetables, if you live in a food desert, I also will say, and I use myself, powdered greens to help supplement, to help myself get to those recommended servings of fruits and vegetables every day. So don't think that I'm saying if you can't hit the gold standard of all the fruits and vegetables that we should have to give up on it, but look for ways in which you can supplement them. I have found some different products of greens powders that I enjoy. I don't have any that I, you know, publicly endorse, but I look on Amazon. I check the reviews. I look for organic as much as possible. I look for sustainable cultivation. And one of my rules of thumb is if they're not bragging about it on the label, then they're probably not practicing it. And sometimes even those claims can't be validated. So third-party testing and labs are an important part of responsible manufacturers in this market of food additives and supplements, whether they're in powder or capsule or liquid form. Another thing that I really enjoy myself is collagen. Many people are fans of bone broth. We're not ones to keep up with bone broth here, but I do enjoy adding collagen in my coffee because collagen is the elastic fiber that is in all of our connective tissue and our bones. So you'll see people saying collagen is great because it's good for your skin and your hair. Well, beautifully, it has its benefits. But if you have any healing to do in your joints, if you are active, if you're using your muscles, if you're just trying to maintain your muscle mass, if you're trying to maintain resilient health in your bones, Calcium makes them rigid and strong, but collagen is what gives them the tensile strength so that they're not so brittle and they're a little more resistant to breakage. So collagen is one more thing that I aim to incorporate into my diet regularly. And it's something that I recommend to many of my massage clients as well. 
One thing that you might have heard of, it's not breaking news anymore, but not all fats are bad. And if you're on a ketogenic diet, I'm aiming to bring someone on the show that can speak to the balance, the necessity of using it therapeutically instead of as a maintenance plan, unless you have a condition that benefits from the maintenance of a ketogenic diet. Long-term, they're very hard on our organ system. They're very hard on our kidneys. And I don't recommend people living on a ketogenic lifestyle because our bodies are designed to run on sugar. So sugar isn't the devil and fat isn't the devil either, but it depends on the quality of the sources. And before I go down the sugar rabbit hole, I'll talk about fats. So what we are looking for, because so many of the fats that we have in our diet are omega-6s. They come from less ideal sources. They have higher levels of oxidation in our bodies. And so we need more omega-3s in order to be healthy, in order to balance those. So we want to have more seafood, flaxseed, walnuts, high quality nuts are great sources of omega-3s. We want to up the ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. So I'm not saying avoid the sixes altogether. I'm saying threes are our gold standard, the ones to aim to incorporate because we are traditionally so much lower in those in what we ingest. And omega-9s are in the middle. They're not as ideal as O3s. They're not as detrimental as the omega-6s. And so those avocados, olives, we hear a lot about the Mediterranean diet, those beneficial fats, those are in the scale. On the good side, not the gold standard, but those are beneficial fats. And our bodies need fat. Every one of our cells is encased in fat. The cell wall is made of a lipid layer. That's fat. All of our neurons are wrapped in fats. It's very important to protect our brain health, to especially if we're experiencing pain, to support our nerve health by consuming good quality fats. And regard to sugar, I have already mentioned it comes in countless names on ingredients labels, and we want to avoid added sugars or simple carbohydrates, but complex carbohydrates have a lot of benefit for us too. In fact, fiber is very, very important in helping our body aid digestion and absorb nutrients because it slows our digestion. And another time soon, I'll be talking about my own personal experiment with a continuous glucose monitor after the inspiration from Jessie Inchaspey. She's at Glucose Goddess on Instagram. Her book, The Glucose Revolution, is really powerful. I'm using it to help to restore my cardiac health. People have seen benefit from not only um, restoring health after type 2 diabetes, but also mental health, depression, mental episodes, really a lot of balance can come back by moderating our glucose level, by avoiding the big spikes and the dips that come from eating simple carbs. And it's not only about avoiding sugar altogether, but the way in which we eat by eating more fiber, by eating more fats and proteins, we slow the digestion of the glucose that we consume so that we start to modulate those spikes and dips. So we have a more consistent blood sugar level. Another thing that's interesting to know about our blood sugar, another big contributor to type 2 diabetes that a lot of people haven't recognized yet, but we're starting to discuss more, is that emotional stress causes that spike in cortisol. Again, because that biological response is we have something we need to react to and we need energy in order to react to it. 
even though we don't get to run all the time anymore in these stressful situations, our body is looking for quick energy. So the cortisol spikes, it dumps glucose into our body. And when we get chronic stress, that in and of itself can start to become enough to cause some insulin resistance. Type 2 diabetes is not strictly based on the foods that you're eating. Stress is a huge contributor to the dysregulation that our body starts to find with these metabolic disorders. So Avoiding stress is a big part of your nutritional health. Modulating your sugar level is really helpful. I can't recommend her book, Glucose Revolution, enough. I find it so helpful and really easy to apply myself. Look for quality fats over lesser quality fats and try to get all the plants, all the phytonutrients that you can for balance in your diet. So that's the food, probably not all inclusive. As, as I again said, I will have some resources available. If you like those, look in the show notes for a link to get a hold of those yourself. And let's take a look at sleep. Sleep is so important. It is where we recover. It's where we cultivate energy for the next day. Sleep is when we take all of the experiences of the day that we have just had and we give our brain time to process. We turn short-term memories into longer-term memories as they're filed away, and we are, ideally, we awake, recharged, and ready for the next day. This gets a little complicated when we have trouble falling asleep or when our sleep is interrupted through the course of the night. We all have heard that ideally we should be aiming for six to eight hours of sleep every night. Now, everyone has a unique sleep cycle, and so you really need to find out, what's work, find out what works best for you. Ideally, on a vacation or at some point in your life, this is an important experiment to be able to do, try to find out what your natural sleep balance is. Try to go for a a week, maybe two weeks without using your alarm and see how long you naturally sleep for. If you're not having multiple episodes of waking during the night that is interrupting your sleep, you can start to see how much sleep your body naturally is drawn to. It's a great standard of comparison because a lot of times we know we have to get up at a certain time in order to get to work. And we also stay up as late as we want to, to do all of the things that we want to do in the evening. Our best sleep, our most restorative sleep has been found to happen before midnight. So if we can get to sleep a little earlier in the evening, you might find that the quality of your sleep is enhanced by that alone. And it can be difficult. I tend to feel like a stubborn toddler when I've had a really busy day, when I get home late, when I finally get to sit down and relax, I don't want to go to bed early. But this is for our own benefit. And so when that stubborn toddler starts to get wound up, you know, try to use this logical side of your mind, remind yourself that tomorrow is another day that you've got to be ready for, that this is only benefiting you. Sometimes you get to do things that only benefit you and sleep is one of them. One of the big things you also have heard about, no doubt, is the impact of blue light on our sleep. All of our screens, our devices that we're sitting in front of all day, the computers, the televisions, the phones, the tablets, emit blue light. That blue light is as awakening, if you will, 
as the sunlight and our bodies are designed to respond to the sun and follow the rhythms of the sun. So if we're exposed to media devices late into the evening, that doesn't give our brain time to be quieting and readying for sleep. The blue light is received via the optical cells, the, the signals are received in the suprachiasmatic nucleus, and that impacts our sleep clock. It delays our ability to go to sleep. If we're exposed to light, it must still be daytime. We're not tired yet. So that's not helping at the end of the day when you want to stay up later and watch one more episode on Netflix. What you can do to enhance your environment is to bring some more sunset tones into your lighting as the night progresses. These LED lights that have color shift ability, even remotes, are wonderful for this. Shift it to a nice golden hue around dinner time. Shift it to orange after dinner. Shift it to a more red tone as the evening progresses. So you can start easing your body into rest by affecting your environment, by replicating the sunset. On the other side of the coin, in the morning, that beautiful bright white light like sunshine, blue light is similar enough to do if you are in a place where you don't have early morning sun or you don't get that natural influence of light into your home. Exposure to light in the morning helps you be, feel more awake and alert. It also sets kind of a fatigue clock that builds through the course of the day. So not only is that exposure to light in the evening keeping you awake, but if you're not getting light exposure early enough in the day, that can also be influencing the amount of fatigue and your ability to easily fall asleep at the end of the night. So bright light in the morning, sunset hues at the end of the day are really powerful ways to look at how you can support better sleep. One experiment you might want to perform is removing as many electronic devices as you can from the bedroom. Whether or not you feel like you are sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies, many people are. We are energetic beings. We are physical organisms with organ systems made of tissues comprised of cells. These cells are comprised of molecules. Within the molecules are atoms, and within the particles of the atoms is energy. My favorite illustration of this is to see in a science textbook when they say, if the nucleus of an atom is in the dot of this sentence, the period of this sentence, then the electrons are around the outside of the room. So imagine that model for scale, how much space there is at this quantum level, how much of us really is energy. And so when we think about it that way, it makes sense to think about leaving your phone outside the bedroom so that the signals it's receiving aren't bothering the signals that your body is generating and operating within. They've measured in labs that we emit electrical frequencies. And so maybe this kind of clicks into place for you and would inspire you to create, to cultivate the habit of reducing the number of electronic devices. Perhaps simply just take it as an experiment, try it for a week and check on the quality of your sleep and see if it improves for you. So 
Without going too much further down the rabbit hole of sleep, there are some key pointers that I love to share when people ask me questions. This is one of the most common points of struggle that I hear about in people is not getting enough sleep and not getting quality sleep because it is so influenced. With a busy mind, it can be very difficult to find peace. One of my favorite recommendations for people who are open to working with flower essences. I love my Bach flowers. You might've heard me talk about them before. Wonderful supportive essence is white chestnut. White chestnut is a beautiful flower essence for helping to quiet your mind. It kind of stops the monkey mind and gets your thoughts off of loop. You can find them individually, but I also know that Bach Nelson with their rescue remedy family of products has rescue sleep. They've simply added white chestnut to some of the ingredients of Rescue Remedy, and it's a lovely, easily accessible through your local pharmacy like CVS or Walgreens solution that you might try that won't interact with any medications that you're on. It's even more gentle than essential oils. So I love my flower essences because they're safe for any age, any stage. And if you want to learn more about those, please reach out to me and I'll be sharing more information about those soon as well. So moving on to movement, and I don't want to, again, claim to be an expert in physical movement. In fact, I'm one of the people who struggles to exercise regularly, but I wear my Garmin watch and I count my steps and I track everything that I can because it all adds up. You know, as we were, again, going back biologically, we were not designed to be marathon runners. We were not designed to be CrossFit junkies. We were not designed to do triathlons, you know, once a month. But if you can, then that's terrific. As long as your exercise is not causing more stress to your body. Now, stress is a powerful way to build strength, to build resilience. As we stress our bodies, our bodies grow and adapt to meet the challenge. So I'm also not saying that it's bad to engage in very intense exercise. If it works for you, if it's something that you enjoy, if you find the social aspect of those activities supportive, then by all means, do it. Give your heart that beautiful workout. If you're up to that challenge, I applaud you. But for the rest of us, remember that we can grow by small gains and those small gains matter too. In fact, if you're kind of starting from a stop, if you haven't been very active, don't dive into a really aggressive program. Recognize that we need to start slowly and gently and give our body, again, that opportunity to recover and grow in strength and capacity. So think of 10% gains. Start yourself somewhere, start small, set really low achievable goals for yourself. And then if you ace those, Give yourself a little extra love. Celebrate all the wins, right? I love how BJ Fogg, I think, in Tiny Habits talks about set a goal to do one push-up after you've used the bathroom. If you do one push-up, you'll probably find yourself doing three, maybe five. Kudos. Then you're already acing your goal. But start off small and let yourself build on that. Don't set unreasonable goals that you're going to lose faith in yourself and only feel frustrated. So start off small. And as long as I'm calling on my habits gurus here, I will also, because I knew I was going to throw this in on the episode, use James Clear's quote that I love to come back to, let every action you make be a vote for the person that you want to be. 
So choose where you park your car. Is it a sunny day? Do you feel like walking further to the entrance? Choose taking the stairs over the elevator. Remember that we are hunters and gatherers. We walked and occasionally ran. We didn't have to participate in really intense exercise every single day. As long as we're getting variety, as long as we're moving our bodies, as long as we're not stuck in a box as I pound my desk with my tiny fists, as long as we break out of that box. And that's one thing that I see as a body worker in my massage clients. This opening of the chest is something, even something as simple as that is an important way to hit reset so that you will physically feel better. Open up the front of your chest, draw your shoulder blades together and down your back. Feel that activation, those rhomboids in the middle and the lower traps and give yourself that opening sensation. Tune in with the muscles in your body. When you have an ache, don't reach for ibuprofen or a CBD balm and just apply something to fix and not be curious about why you're not feeling well. Our body has, as I've already said, a limited method of communication. And so this is your invitation to get curious because as I also like to say, your body issues requests, but if you're not listening, it starts issuing demands. And that usually comes to pass in the form of some chronic diseases, autoimmune conditions, injuries that require physical therapy, and hopefully not surgery. And so as we're queuing in, as we're paying attention through these three foundations of health, through our daily experience, getting grounded in our body, checking in with our breath, all of these are so important to facilitate you know, how we're doing in these foundations of health to check in and see how we're benefiting from these. So I didn't really have too much to say there into activity as opposed to be mindful of doing too much too soon. Don't feel like you have to shoot for the stars and then be hard on yourself if you're not making it. Aim for small wins, build on consistent practice and, and that will last you much longer. You can recruit an accountability buddy. You can have a walking partner, take a walk after dinner, take a walk after you get home and before you settle into your home for the evening. Look for ways in which you can incorporate movement and transform your concept of what exercise means. It doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to be a drudge. There are so many different options now available to us. And you can do video workouts at home. You can do video yoga. I love yoga with Adrian. You can do video Tai Chi, video Pilates. And again, be very mindful of your body. Any pain that you feel after exercise should resolve within 48 maybe 72 hours, right? That delayed onset muscle soreness usually hits around that 48 hour mark. You might not feel it the day after your exercise, you might feel it more so 48 hours. And it might take a little extra time for recovery if you're doing more intense workouts. If that pain lasts, be sure to have it addressed. Have a health team that you can talk with. If you find a good chiropractor, a good massage therapist, find someone you can talk with to check in, to see if something needs more attention. Don't let little problems and injuries grow to be bigger ones because sometimes a pain in this knee that has you walking funny for a week can become an injury in the opposite hip or in the low back because everything runs up that kinetic chain.
So tune into yourself. Think about what you like to do. Do it at a pace that you enjoy and aim for consistency. And so I hope that was a helpful, very bird's eye overview of the foundations of health, of getting quality food, of improving the quality of your sleep and of integrating movement. And with that experiment, with that curiosity, I invite you to find one thing you'd like to do. If you're an overachiever, find one thing in all three areas you'd like to do. Don't overwhelm yourself. We're still recovering from New Year's resolution season, but take a look at some things that you'd like to start shifting and see how that serves and supports you. I'd love to hear how it goes. Please feel free to comment. If you're catching the video here on YouTube, leave a comment below. If you're listening, you can always join me over on happifiedlife.com for access to any resources that I'm talking about to leave a comment there. And of course, in the community over on Facebook in the Live With Less Stress Facebook group. I'd love to see and hear more of you. I invite you to join me there. And until next week, until I'm back with you again, take good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.